Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the first ever edition of the Crick Index podcast, part of the ever-growing Anfield Index family. I'm your host, Amit Kohli, as England and Australia lock horns in the oldest rivalry in world cricket, the Ashes. Yeah. Let's consider Australia first, Dan, if that's all right with you. I was going to, you know, the big plus. Yeah, but let's do the, the Aussie. Big plus, the big plus for the Aussies is the, the, the pace attack that they have has got such strength and depth. Uh, even if Harris is out and is retired, fair enough. I mean, Hazelwood, uh, Stark, MJ, uh, you know, Peter Siddle's on the bench. Uh, it's all there. What do you make of the the pace attack then? Can England handle it? Well, first of all, I, th- I think we need to decide who's going to play. Um, with the with the retirement of Harris, who do you think are going to be the bowlers? Do you think Stark is going to start, definitely? Yeah, I think, um, I, I think it's going to be uh, Stark and Mitchell Johnson will get the new ball, Hazelwood. Uh, will come for, will be in for definite. That's the way it looks, the way they've set up. Hazelwood is, will have, because it's his first, it's his first Ashes experience, especially, and it's his first, uh, experience of English conditions. I don't think they'll risk him with the new ball. Um, 
and they've got to give the new ball to Mitchell Johnson after his 37 wickets in the last Ashes mauling uh, down under. I think they have to give him, you know, if if, if uh, Australia find themselves bowling in Cardiff first and the, the ball, the new ball is not in Mitchell Johnson's hands, I'll be surprised. Or it's going to be the second over, Stark might get the first over. But that's that's what I think. And uh, Lyons there with the spin option. And uh, and there you go. Then they've got the, the conundrum of do they go Mitchell Marsh or do they go Watson uh, to do the fill-in bowling? Do I think Siddle's going to play then? I think Siddle's going to be benched. That's, yeah. that's what I've that's what I've understood listening to the press and uh, listening to uh, Aussie journalists and things talking about things. I think they're going to go Hazel, uh, Johnson, Stark, Hazelwood, and then I think they're going to go Watson. And just because they reckon Watson can probably give it a bit more bit of control with the ball, I think they think he's got Mitchell, a lot more experience as well. Experience, in yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they'll just. When it the first up, I think they'll go Watson. I think they they don't want to risk stuff first up. But um, they've got the pace. But it, it depends, isn't it? Do they get the length right? Because you can't just bang it in. English conditions are different. You've got to pitch it up a bit. And it depends if they get, you know, can they uh, can they balance it out? Can they get the length right? Um, they've got the pace. Uh, Mitchell Stark's record, surprisingly, in Test match cricket, isn't as good as what you might think. You know, a lot of the hype around him has come from the World Cup, hasn't it? But, you know, he's only had an average of 32 in uh, Test match cricket in his 17 games. That's true as well. And That's only true 60, well. you know, 60 wickets. He is, you know, if he gets it swinging late, he's going to cause problems, isn't he, without a doubt, you would think. The, um, other thing, the other thing is the ball as well. I mean, these guys are used to using the, the, uh, the kookaburra. How do they cope with the duke, which is a different feel? Uh, you know, this is what Anderson and Broad have lived on, the Duke ball in English conditions. They're going to be right at home. Can Hazelwood, first Ashes experience, Stark, not a big name in Ashes tests. Um, Johnson's now got all the weight on his shoulders with Harris not being there. Um, and, you know, we know that Johnson did well last Ashes series, but that was in Australia. If he, well, this is why I thought they might consider Siddle, because of his experience balling in England. Siddle's a you know, you're going to get 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10 every time. You know exactly what's going to happen. You can put your money on it that his length and line is going to be there. Boring as it is, that's what he's going to give you. Peter Siddle, Just in terms of d- dismissals as well, he's dismissed Alistair Cook six times. Uh, no other Australian bowler other than Johnson's anywhere near these level of dismissals of the players that are currently playing. Bell five times, Broad five times, Root twice in the short times that he's played against him. You know, he's dismissed a lot of the English batsmen and in English conditions. Australia haven't really got anyone else who's done that. Uh, Lyon didn't do it. Uh, Johnson hasn't done it in England very much, if any. You know, these are the, and that's why I thought they'd consider Siddle and take the the strength and the experience in the bowling. Who would you take out? They take out Hazel. Yeah, no, I think. I don't know. Could they go with four pace bowlers? Um, you know, Johnson bats a bit, Siddle bats a bit, Hazelwood, I think, does. You know, and, and go instead of having... Um, Lions benched? No, well, it depends on the picture. Again, all this... I'm just I'm just trying to make a case for, mm. for Siddle because he's got the experience. Uh, if the Aussie journalists, uh, who, who are going to have the info, because Lehman's quite talkative, uh, 
uh, suggesting that he's not going to be Siddle and fair enough, but I, I, I'd make a case for Siddle coming in at some point. Um, definitely with the experience and the batsman is dismissed. Anyone, Leon, uh, Nathan Lyon is the most, you know, he's taken the most English wickets and that's strange other than Siddle. So, you know, the, the experience there in England is strange. Well, I mean, um, I don't know what Siddle's performance, did, did Siddle feature much in the warm-up games, Essex? I'm not uh, sure. I'm not sure he did, yeah. Because uh, I know that Lyon, Lyon took a quite a pasting, didn't he, against Essex? Yeah, yeah. he took the one wicket, went for 200 or something. Um, so maybe they're lulling England into the false sense of security that they can handle Lyon. But, um, Apparently he's got a new ball on there. What's that new <laughs> ball that he's developed? Unless the, spinner, unless the spinner's Good from bit. the subcontinent, I don't consider it, you know, mystery, this, that and the other. <laughs> The the the, uh, the new ball of lion. I wouldn't worry. I don't I haven't heard much about that, but um, maybe he's saving it for the Ashes. And he didn't do too much against Essex. The square Jeff. That's his new Mister Deliverer. <laughs> yeah, straight Nathan up. Lyons' new Mister Deliverer is called the Square Jeff. So that, the one that I spins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I don't know what it does, but he it, it calls it the Square Jeff. And um, I was listening to some analysis the other day. And yeah. they said he's never actually bowled it in a in a full test match. So, but he hasn't long, developed. As long it. as he as long as he doesn't bend his arm more than fifteen degrees, everyone's happy. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, with lion, the I think the the Cardiff pitch would be the most conducive to spin. I think, uh, considering all venues, um, but I mean in, England are going to go with Moeen. I think. Uh, so there's an argument to say is Lyon the best winner on show? Um, oh, if if he plays ahead of if he plays, if he plays and Ali plays, then yeah, definitely. Mm. And on the Cardiff pitch, the top score on that actual pitch is by Australia, six hundred and seventy-four for six declared. Obviously, that was when uh, was it Panasar at the mm. end was holding. Hold uh, Panasar and Anderson for the hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is a big scoring pitch. Often uh, four hundreds made in in the first innings. It's, so. it's short, short straight boundaries, is it? I think at Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so see see how they go. I mean, uh, so all the innings have have, have gone above a hundred overs, apart from Sri Lanka, obviously when they collapsed for eighty two. But there might be other reasons for that. So for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to, um, to finish off my sort of uh, opinion on the, the Australian pace attack. Um, if it goes well, potentially it could be it could be the difference. Um, but there's plenty of stuff that could possibly go wrong. Mitchell Johnson might be the old Mitchell Johnson instead of the new one. If he doesn't cope with the pressure, what happens then? Does Hazelwood not cope with the pressure? I know they're all trying to pump him up as the new McGrath, but you know that in itself might be too much pressure. Can Stark do it in a Test match arena with the with a red ball? Um, all this kind of thing is there's still what ifs there. Um, whereas you got England are in a different sort of situation where you can bank on Anderson and Broad say if they do what they do, um, but then the options go a bit. You know, the, Wood is in his first Test, uh, Ashes Test, um, and then it's the inexperience of the rest of the bowlers. So it could go either way, really, couldn't it? You know, on paper you'd say the Australians have got it with the pace. Um, 
Yeah, Hazelwood's got the best uh, average and strike rate of the current attack if he plays. And and economy rate as well. So he controls it, takes wickets at a, at a quicker rate than anyone on the in the Aussie attack. So you'd think he'd be able to adapt if he's as good as what he's made out. Um, but the lack of experience is obviously... You don't know until he actually does it. It's it's the whole thing. I mean, there's one thing doing it against West Indies and looking good in practice matches, and, and he's got everything. I think Hazelwood will have a fantastic uh, career, but um, you've seen other players come in, and as soon as they're in the Ashes arena, it all changes. So see how they cope with all that. But in my opinion, the Australians have got the attack. It's a shame about Harris, um, but I would have liked to see Harris play. Uh, but I don't think they were going to play him in the first test anyway, so I don't think they'll they'll miss him that much. Um, but no, the, the Australian pace attack is formidable, really, on paper. One one thing they have got is variety, isn't it? You know, yeah. I know they've got two left-arm fast swing bowlers or pace bowlers, depending, or both. Um, and then you've got Hazelwood as well, who's striker, it's phenomenal. But, you know, England haven't got that. And although England, I think, get the edge, especially on experience... Um, Ashes experience in England you would say in terms of variety Australia have got the edge quite a bit so over 79 well over, over number 80 this one will be and it will be Mitchell Johnson to bowl it so even though a new ball is not due until after this over the fact that Jimmy Anderson is on strike means that Johnson's going to bowl it and the fact that uh Johnson's going around the wicket. This could be nasty. And uh, Jimmy Anderson knows it. There's a few words being exchanged between him and George Bailey. And Michael Clark's driving up. And the umpires are getting involved, so it's on at the middle of the over at the moment. Get ready for a broken fucking ass. Give him a set of unbugs. Yeah, it's all getting a little bit nasty, isn't it, towards the end here? There's probably no need from well, either side's point of view, really. Australia, 388 in front. Jimmy Anderson's not happy about some things that have been said. I don't know. Well, sticking to bowling then, sticking to the bowling, uh, if you think of England's attack, uh, what are England, are England going nailed on with their bowlers? Is Wood, wood in? Wood. Uh, Broad Anderson, who gets the new ball? You'd say the four, the four pace bowlers are going to be Wood, Broad Anderson, and Stokes. Yeah, and then Ali, Ali is for the spin option. Um, Anderson and Broad will get the new ball, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't think sure. there's any. No, looking for Rashid. I, I would, I would, definitely. Um, is that just your Yorkshire thing coming through? Or? No, I think, <laughs> I think you want a wicket. He, one thing that Jason Gillespie pointed out about Rashid is he finished off the tail so many times for Yorkshire last season when they win the championship. And one of the problems England have had recently, uh, they've polished off the top order quite phenomenally. I think they've got one of the best records. Yeah, so remember Sky Sports, that's saying England against uh, the top five, the top six, have got the best record in Test cricket in the last couple of years. But against the bottom four and five, uh, the bowlers, they've got the worst by some distance. So you're getting teams four and five down and then they're adding another 200 runs. And if you've got someone who can take wickets at the tail, um, Rashid's done that, getting bowlers out, then it could be a vital asset. Um, I'm not sure. You just need, you just need a spin, you need a spinning pitch. 
I think the reason why we're favouring Ali is because we're hoping not to have any spinning wickets, to not favour any spinners. So it's going to be all about uh, whether there's cloud cover and whether it swings. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a n- decades probably since England won a test in, at home and had played two spinners in it. But I don't know if that's because of the conditions or anything or just the English mentality that they tend to use one spinner. Um, that's just the way that they're doing it. And Moen Ali, the, they're not going to drop Ali to pick Rashid. They're going to have to drop someone else. And that's the, the thing that they won't, I don't think they'll do it as much as they want to because it's the first test. It's just too much of a risk from the way of thinking. The conservatism, the, the sort of traditional thinking of Cook will probably not not allow him to do it, even though he wants to do it <laughs> or thinks he should do it. And I was going to come on to that, actually, with your point about uh, Rashid and the tail. I mean, in, the Australians uh, were about 150 for five in like four of the five tests down in there, weren't they? And in England failed to capitalise on all those and lost all of those tests as well. Which is a phenomenal step. Exactly, exactly. Which is phenomenal. If, if was, Rashid didn't, it's not as though Rashid can't bat. He's a good batsman. Exactly. Yeah. So no one knows like if he'd be good as Ali, but I'd I'd like Ali as well. Who would you drop there if you picked Ali? This is the, well. Uh, sorry, who would you drop if you would, picked Rashid? Sorry. Would if you were going to play Anderson, Broad, Stokes, um, Moen Ali, and and Rashid? Is there a case for um, giving Gary? But Ballard only on a spinning wicket. Well, there spinning. is, because then you've got you've got you've got the uh, who you're going to bat three, but you've got two bowling all rounders, spinning spinning all rounders, which you don't hear very often, but essentially that's what they are. Rashid's superb in the field as well, um, and then you've got you just need to drop balance, but balance is form. I think he deserves the first three tests. It's yeah. his, his whole career. He might he might have been fouled out, but I think he deserves the he deserves the continued run if you think he's going to be good enough. Okay. Do you not? Do you not? Would you drop balance? No, no. I'd 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 I'd, I'd go with it. I'd I'd stick balance at three, and um, and see how you go. Um, you wouldn't play Rashid then, no. I'd like to play Rashid. Um, how would you fit him in? The, the only options I can see is either you would. Either you drop Gary Balance and pick Rashid, or you then you have to drop Moeen and pick Rashid. As in, you, you can't go with, with both of them. And the batting averages are pretty similar in Test in County cricket. The bowling averages are pretty similar. It just means that Rashid has got something different: leg spin, Moeen Ali. But there's the this, the other school of thought is that. On on top four, Moen Ali is a better spinner than Rashid. Some people think. I, I don't know. Um, who who are the Australians going to play better? No. Um, I think I think um, they'll Rashid will carry the drinks. <laughs> That's what I reckon will happen. Yeah, as I, much I agree. as we want him to play, as much as we I want agree. Him to play. We've That's got to mention the amount of Ashes wickets that Anderson and Broad have taken. You know, they dismissed Clark. Anderson, Anderson's dismissed Clark. Um, dismissed Clark nine times, same as Broad. Um, in terms of averages, Clark doesn't score very well against Anderson. He only averages 18 against Anderson's bowling, whereas against Broad, it's a little bit higher, but only 40. You know, Steve Smith only averages nine against Broad, so he's got him out three times in 10 matches. 
and he hardly gets any runs off him. But Steve, Smith, Steve Smith now is a different animal, isn't he, compared well, to this, previous this, campaigns? This, is, could he be the key, the whole key? If you if you've got, we've talked about similar risk bowling attacks. You know, they've both got the strengths and weaknesses. It, could Steve Smith, if he carries on at the same form, be the key? Well, this brings us nicely into our, uh, as you know, as though we planned it to our nice Steve Smith bit. Then <laughs> I believe you have some information for us. Well, Steve Smith's. Where do you, where do you think Steve Smith is strong? Where does he score his runs, and how is he succeeding? We need to work that out first before we get on to how you get him out. Well, Broad seems to think he knows how to get him out. <laughs> See what happens. Steve, where, do, where are Steve Smith's runs? Yeah, what what does he do well? What do you think he does well? Before I come into the secret, the secret theory. <laughs> Steve Smith doesn't. I don't think he takes risks. I think he just. Plays, but he just plays as though plays for time almost. He doesn't have a plan as to he's going to come in and do this or do this. Um, I think he'll bat at number three, so he could come in early if Warner, because you know Warner's going to go aggressive no matter what. So he could be coming in when the Aussies are you know 120 for one, or he could be coming in when it's it's five for one. Um, but I think Steve Smith plays in his own awkward kind of way. I don't think he'll take risks, and he knows that as long as he he bats for a certain amount of time, he'll score his runs, and he, he's got the ability then to shift the gears and then take certain people out of the attack. Uh, that that's the the asset. But he's he's suspect as as every batsman is even Tendulkar suspect, um, you know, at the beginning of the innings. So if you don't get him early and he gets himself in, then I think he's there for a while. Um, as he as he proved against the Indians, what's your opinion, Dan, on Steve Smith? Well, I think if you if you watch where where he sets up, he's quite unorthodox. Um, he's he's massively bottom handed. Um, he's, he's he's huge, strong bottom hand. He takes off stump as a guard, um, and what he tries to do is if the ball is bowling at off stump or just or one ball outside off stump in the channel. He he. That is actually for him. He takes that and, and hits it through mid wicket and hits it through the onside. And he's ultra strong on the onside because of this strong bottom hand technically. So and he's also good to any sh- anything short. Uh, he picks up that really well because he's playing the ball really late with his with a strong bottom hand. And if you just ball metronome outside three or four balls outside off stump, and then set your field accordingly. So he's gonna. He, he, one of his other strong areas is is pointing back with a point. So you'd either have a third man, or you'd you'd fill it, the gully area and fill the offside as much as you can. So you wouldn't need anyone on the onside as as, as few as possible. Um, maybe a, a, you so you take your square leg out. You've just got your fine leg and your your mid on. So you've got a huge area there. So you're trying to encourage him to walk across and walk across because that's where his strengths are. Mm-hmm. And if you keep doing that, and don't don't ball it too full, but get the ball swinging away from him, um, bringing all the slips into play, then I think if you keep doing that and constantly do that, that's that's his weakness. Otherwise, he dominates the attack because the bowlers think his weakness is getting him out LBW, bowling it on his stumps. Well, you're not. You're bowling exactly to his strengths all the time. And that's when he dominates the attacks. That's when he pushes the field out. That's when he takes the easy singles. Um, 
that's when the bowlers ball bad balls because they, they're getting frustrated when they're bowling at the stumps and he's just picking them off. And to spinners, he's unbelievable. His footwork's amazing. He comes out first, second, third ball, uses his feet, takes the spinners on, tries to take them out of the attack. So his weakness is on the offside in terms of technical ability. And you will see if, if we're bowling at the stumps to him, he'll just pick us off on the onside, just pick us off. And the only way to control him uh, and try and get him out is to just try and play on the one weakness that he's got from a technical point of view. Will will they will will Cook and Broad and Anderson stick to the plan though? That's so you, you, we've, we've set the plan now. We've got the trap. It's and a pretty boring plan though. You just you, but doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Him. But this is the thing. See, you know, say Broad is bowling, so we know the history with the whole the way Cook is a bit of a passive captain. Um, uh, three four balls go where you want it to go. Smith survives. A um, couple of balls in go on the leg side and he goes for a couple of fours. And then is Broad going to be there demanding that you put the sweeper on the leg side and Cook's going to say, OK, then. And then next thing you know, the plan's out the window. Exactly what you've said. Smith is now dictated. Broad is now falling for that. Or is it going to be McCullum-esque where it's like, this is the plan. Do what you want. Score 30. Guess what we're going to get you? Score 20. We'll get you. Because, you know, that that's my only fear that Cook will go back to conservative type. His natural way of doing things is to, oh, we've got to, we've just got to contain him instead of sticking to the plan and be, be bold enough to concede a few boundaries. That, that, Absolutely. That's, that's what you have to. If, if he starts pulling you three or four balls when you're aiming it, just, just slightly full than a good length, and he's pulling you through mid on because you've got a huge gap there or square leg, then yeah, you've got to take that because sometimes you might get an inside edge and he's out of his exactly. comfort zone by pulling the ball from that area. So you have, but I hope you've got to hope that the hugely more analytical, uh, qualified staff that are on the England team, Bayliss has got inside knowledge of the Australian game. You know, Firebrace has um, got a totally different philosophy to it. Anything I've seen as an England fan, you know, if they must see. And be able to work out because it was a way to get you know that's one of Peterson's weaknesses was when you when he when he first started and was edging a lot of slips on the offside because he was hugely strong on the bottom hand. So you, they are weaknesses, but you've got to be patient and you can't let him control you. You can't let him control the field. You have to have a field that you think is the best one to get Steve Smith out, not the one that you think is the best one to contain him because he'll control you. There's a pull shot. Has he got it? He certainly has. Australia needed someone to stand up. And today, it's Steve Smith. His first hundred in Australia. Well, he's played very, very well. Satisfying for him and his teammates and the crowd. And he seized on that short ball again. Oh, wonderful shot to bring up his hundred. He's deserved it. That's a really good knock from Steve Smith. The team needed it. Tough conditions, tough situation when he came into bat, but hasn't he played well? It's a really, really good hundred from Steve Smith. Sure, that knock's going to cement his spot. The team is going to make a lot of hundreds in the future too. Well played. I agree. I mean, uh, uh, just to get on to... Like Cam Williamson did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just to go on to the battle of the captains, so you know everybody thinks accepts in a way that okay, Clark's the superior captain uh, in the same way that we all thought McCullum was a superior captain to Cook. 
Uh, and is Cook too conservative, though, do you think? Um, I know Ian Chappell has been on recently saying that Cook's just too conservative and he doesn't have that inner thinking kind of mind. He just lets the bowlers dictate to him where they want the field instead of being, you know, instead of getting the bowlers on board to what his plan is. Uh, and they might have a plan and do all the, the stuff that you're saying. And then I just think that, is he going to, is he just going to loosen the grip because he gets a bit worried that he's been tonked for a couple? Well, um, you have to you have to also consider the um, huge contrast to the one day series where Morgan constantly, even after the defeat, said, "We've got a plan. We're going to stick to it, even if it means we're getting out. We've got a plan. Everybody knows what the role is. This everybody knows what we expect, and we want them to continually attack, attack, attack." Mm. And they all stuck to it. Now, if England and and the new new the new the head the new head coach, whatever you want to call him, uh, and his assistant, who's just helped with the one day series and has helped him in the past, if they come up with a plan, and you would hope they were coming up with a plan with the rest of the team there, so everybody's hearing it, it's not just Cook's responsibility to mm-hmm. to revert to type; it's Broad and Anderson to stick to the plan, not just get hit and then pester Cook and say, I want you to put a deep mid-wicket, I want you to put a deep cover, you know, I want you to push mid-off back. If if the bowler's coming to you and saying that, and you've you've agreed to, you know, how many overs does it take before you, before Smith's in and then you have to start thinking about containing, because sometimes you do, but you do have to have a plan to get him out Um and then you have to have a plan to react to what to do when he is controlling you. So, you know, you have to think about all of these things, not just, right, this is how we get him out and that's it. You've got to have plan A, plan B. You know, you've got to have other other areas or you've got to know where his key scoring areas are and you've got to have the patience. And that's what the experienced bowlers need to do. That, that's, I think one of the key things is to get uh, to get him in early, as in so there's not lots of runs there. I think the mentality of the number three batsman um, would be, you know, coming in when there's a good platform set for you by the openers, uh, as opposed to coming in as though you're the opener, you know, one down, uh, bowlers are pumped, it's early in the day, that kind of thing, and um, bowlers are fresh. So I think, you know, if you can get Warner, or I was going to say Chris Rogers, um, but there's the old talk about are they going to play Sean Marsh or are they going to play Chris Rogers? Well, Sean um, Marsh played in the warm-up games. And, the, no, Rod, and Rogers. I mean, Sean Marsh played in the last test matches. So, what's that's your feeling? That they, do you feeling that your feelings going to put Sean Marsh in? Um, in terms of. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The next couple of Ashes series, in terms of form, in terms of recent test matches, you'd say a mash. But in terms of experience in England, in terms of the last two experience of the Ashes, um, you'd, you'd say Rogers. So, hmm, I don't know is the answer. <laughs> I would go with Marsh. I think he's a better player than Rodgers. He is. But is he, is he too aggressive? Because, you know, you've got Mr. Ultra-Aggressive on the other side. Yeah, I think David that's Warner. exactly what Lehman would want, to be honest. Yeah, oh, both both openers are aggressive. Yeah, I think he'd try to get as many of that type of batsmen in as he can, Lehman. Um, I think he understands the need for the opener to leave the ball, though. So, in England, one of the keys to being a successful opener is leaving the ball. Uh, I'm not sure Marsh and Warner do that as well as Rogers, so maybe he will be the anchor. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Now I'm with you. I think they'll play Sean Marsh um, just to sort of put our necks on the line as well. Because we'll, we'll probably Rogers will come out. We'll be proved wrong probably, but I think um, uh, I think the the Aussies understand the importance of first blood. So I think if they can get, and I don't I don't think the English pitches are anything like traditional English pitches. I don't think it's going to swing that much you know it's that'll be a bit of swing bit of seam and the usual sort of stuff I don't think it's going to be ultra swing and ultra seam kind of it's not Tim Southey in the World Cup situation going to happen like that it's so if the it's, forecast if it's, you know, the forecast for Cardiff is uh, partly cloudy on Wednesday sunny Thursday and Friday and partly cloudy Saturday with possible rain on Sunday a quite a high chance of rain on Sunday so if you is it a case of winning the toss and bowling just yeah. to get swing, and then batting the next two days and then bowling them out on the cloudy day on the Saturday, it might be a case of winning the toss and bowling, or even better, losing the toss and then batting. Not having, not having to have the decision. Yep. As well. Yeah, can, I, I don't think it's going to. I think the pitches nowadays they keep going on, don't they? No matter who you listen to about the drainage of the pitches and the, the English pitches are so dry and becoming lower bounce and all this sort of stuff. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. You might just want to go Marsh. Uh, if Warner gets going, if he's in there for any sort of time, you know it's going to be fireworks. Um, it's it's all it's uh, Clark com, uh, Smith comes in at three. Clark comes in at four. Clark's got his dodgy back. Is that going to be all right or not all right? That's the other thing. Um, how is he going to cope with that? Apparently, <laughs> Keith, Keith Exton and his team at Cardiff say, and this is a quote from him, it's going to be a classic test pitch and we're happy because we're in control of the moisture levels and the density and the profile of the soil. And the only way it will turn into a spinning pitch <clears throat> um, is if is if it's completely and only hot and dry over the five days because from over the last few months and years they've had complete control over um, this test pitch and it's only had two 2020 matches played on it. 
They want it to get five days, don't they? So they want, they want to get the money's worth. Absolutely. So it's going to be, you know, it's not going to deteriorate. Do you think it's going to be slow, even-ish bounce, but slow bounce? I think that's going to be the pitch, and I think it's probably going to be a draw the first test. I think that's what England would like. Just to get off to a a steady start. See, that's so English of the whole thing. Uh, Steady, you know. (laughs) 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 See, my my, straight up, I'm like, oh, Warner's aggressive. That means we're going to go for Rogers as the next guy. Because you can't have two aggressive people. That's just not cricket. That's, you know, whereas the, the Australians are, are taking it, like you said, layman thinking, no, no, if both get going, imagine that. Imagine the carnage and destruction that they'll be causing, which is just completely the opposite way. Because who have England got? England have got Cook. And they're going to go with Adam Live, I take it, yeah? Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. So you go with Lyon, that You know, Cook, you can't consider Cook aggressive. Not at all. And um, and Lyon is playing his third test match. Yeah, and um, his equally strike rate similar. Yeah, so you know, and then uh, and then Gary Balance is coming in at three, who who can't score any runs. It's like Gary Balance is is, is uh, uh, non identical twin or something that comes in. He's a complete contrast to the the Gary Balance of, uh, of a few months ago when he scored how many runs it was in the uh, more than a thousand runs in the calendar year or something. This is why, though, this is the difficulty in assessing test cricket, because if you look at the Steve Smith that played in England last time, he's, he was all over the place. You know, His, his average is only 38 in England. Um, his, his, his average, uh, in terms of run score, the Australian bats, batting, a, batting lineup isn't that successful in England at all. None of them average over 50. Well, they haven't won. I mean, we should mention at the beginning, really, that they haven't won. They haven't won anything for fourteen years in in England, um, test uh, Ashes wise. So the David Warner you know, averages twenty three. All this sort of stuff gets glossed over, doesn't it? Though this is the whole thing. So that um, everybody thinks the Aussies are ultra favourites. You talk to any Australian, it's five nil. Yet they haven't won in England for fourteen years, uh, and that that doesn't count for some reason. But and then after balance comes in Joe Root, exceptional form, um, the future of English cricket. Isn't it uh, Bell? Are they going to put Bell in and put Root at five? Oh, Sorry, Bell. is it? Yeah, for Bell. Bell for Root five. Well, just just to just to continue the uncertainty, then Bell comes in. <laughs> <laughs> so Bell, Bell comes in, a shadow shadow of the man of the series last time in England, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, even I've got some stats here from that. He was man of the series, and he he scored. Uh, what did he average? Uh, he averaged sixty-two point four four ashes of the twenty twenty thirteen ashes. Huge, huge player he is. Three hundred. Don't cover drive. And and you know, uh, normally his his average is thirty-six point three seven at home ashes record. Yeah, but the twenty thirteen he averaged sixty-two point four four. Doubled so it. doubled it. That, that's why he got man of the series, and that's why, um, you that's know, why he's an England legend. I mean, he, he is, he is, and and that's why the, the you can't drop Bell. I don't care if he's averaging ten or six or whatever it is in the last how many. Te- it doesn't matter because it's Ian Bell. 
don't think we need to add more to that. It's the, that simple with Bell for me. That, that's simple. So you've got to put Bell in because Bell can just turn it, turn it. He thinks he can turn it back anyway. He's, he reckons, um, he can, you know, it's, it, you know, like, uh, uh, some people just get, it's like Stephen Gerrard in the derby, isn't it? You know, it doesn't matter what his form is like, put him in the derby, you know, Stephen Gerrard will click. So there's a chance that Ian Bell could turn back the clock on that one. Gary Balance, I'm not as certain about, but, you know, you agree you can't just put him under the bus just because he's had, he's in a better, bad, bit of bad form, so keep him in. Plus it probably messes up the stability, doesn't it? If you start doing Hollywood moves like bringing in Adil Rashid, dropping Gary Balance, and it all goes pear-shaped, it's just too much, um, it's like when they pick Gary Balance at number three in the, in the cricket one day uh, World Cup thing. Um, you know, in the 11th hour, you're changing the whole thing. It upsets the whole rhythm. So stick to what you know, and that's fine. And then you've got Bell and Root. Cook is in form, which is really good. So, you know, and then you've got Stokes. He's an really important player, I feel, for England. Dan, would you, would you make of Stokes? Yeah, if he clicks with the bat... Uh, it could be one of the most destructive cricketers about. I'm not as convinced by his bowling um, and his consistency with the bat. Uh, I hope he. I hope he. If we get maybe one and a half, two of the performances that he produced against New Zealand, uh, he'll be worthy of his place in the side. Um, England are similarly lacking in experience when it comes to run scoring. There's only really Ian Bell uh, and Alistair Cook. Who have not even piled on the runs there. Both of their records against Australia, against Australia and England are poor. Cook averages 26, uh, Bell 36, Root 37. Um, we haven't got any high scorers against Australia and England, so we might struggle in terms of scoring runs as well. So maybe the prediction is that it's going to be either they're going to get them five days through the pitch being so slow that fast bowlers can't get wickets and they're in enough quality spin, or the bowlers are going to have a lot of success because I can't see much backup in the numbers for the batsmen. There isn't. I mean, it's uh, it's quite a young, inexperienced England side, and um, it's it's almost at the the in their development, the Ashes has come quite soon. Um, they could have done with another couple of series against other teams, and then the Ashes come. Then they would have built up to their peak. So as long as England, I think, I think English fans are looking for a performance. So um, like the performance against New Zealand, now, if there was a third Test match, perhaps, and New Zealand won the third Test, but in the manner in which England approached the Test match would have made everybody happy. Um, you know, even if in the last One Day International against New Zealand, if that had gone the other way. I think England English fans would have been quite pleased just because they're happy that they've embraced this attacking sort of style of play. So I think. Uh, so do the, you think the batsmen could try and go out and score four runs and over, even if it costs them a wicket? Do you think there might be a concerted effort? I, I I think that the team is so young that, that there, is, there is a concerted effort, but I also think that the uh, Stokes Butler, uh, these kind of dynamic players, uh, this is their norm. This is what they think is. Is just normal. It's only the cook can cook plays the way he plays, which is obviously you know he's got how many hundred thirty hundreds plus or something. So uh, and Bell plays the way he plays. The other players uh, are just a different mindset. Root can play what he wants. Root can play slow. He can play fast. He can. He's a, he's an exceptionally talented player. And um, Butler can also play slow and fast. But four runs and over in Test cricket to me and you, it's like all four runs and over. We're getting excited. To, to the youth, four runs is, is the old three runs. 
<laughs> it's massive, though, for Test cricket. It's massive. It's massive. But that's the way it's going. You see, this is the whole thing. That the game's changed so much that, it, you know, like in one day cricket, if you're conceding eight runs and over, seven runs and over, um, that's you know, you're doing all right. <laughs> whereas, <laughs> whereas back in the day, you're thinking, you know, I remember you Angus like, Fraser ball in 10 overs for 19. <laughs> in a one day game <laughs> those were the days 1.9 it, it just, it, the, the, the stats have just changed so much and I think four runs and over um, that used to be the aim of when you're going well and I think four runs and over now is is going to be considered the norm and that's the way it's kind of going um, but it's it's great it's exciting and um, and the sort of shots they've got and uh, and everything it's to me screams uh, consolidation for the new ball and then uh, slightly increased with the quality of Bell if he's on form and then you've got the the lower middle order which can take the game away from the other side in terms of uh, strike rates and uh, big hits taking the bowlers on Um, and then the bowlers are decent if we play Wood um, and Anderson, then you've got quite a big tail. But of course, if you've got Moen Ali coming in at eight. <laughs> but this is the whole thing. So you've got, you know, Joe Root at five, Stokes at six, um, Butler at seven. Um, uh, the, the one curveball I was going to say, Dan, was would you consider dropping Gary Balance and putting Bearstow in as a batsman? Because Bearstow seems to be, you know, if this was athletics, we'd be, we'd be testing him, wouldn't we? Well, yeah, after his recent uh, huge double hundred. Was it a double hundred? It wasn't. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, Batting with Tim Bresnan, the man, who should also be in the test squad, but that's a different podcast again. (laughs) (laughs) You can't basically need the whole... No, I'm not going to go down the Jeff and Boycott route. Um, But yeah, there is balance. I just think... At the moment, he deserves his place more than what Bairstow did when he had his chance in Test cricket. That's true. Um, so, and you've got to be consistent in selection. Remember, if Australia had got rid of a technically suspect uh, batsman when he was slightly out of form, they could have got rid of Steve Smith. So, we've never, we've never seen the Steve Smith of now. Yeah, uh, you're quite right. Now, I, I don't think they should do that as well. And um, Bairstow is a strong lad; he could carry the drinks. Uh, you know, if he felt like Rashid doesn't want to carry the drinks, kind of thing. But no, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll. They'll give Gary Balance the thing, and I wouldn't put it past it as well. If Gary Balance comes at Crumps, uh, you know, yep. it, it wouldn't surprise anybody if he scores. If he scores a, a nice fifty in the first Test match, everybody'd be like, "See, what was the what was the big problem?" I wouldn't be surprised if Bell scores a century, even Rock scores a fifty. You'd be thinking, "Yeah, what was all the fuss about, guys?" Because these are these are quality players. What about the influence of the coaches? Do you think they're going to have any influence? A new coach, new uh, assistant, and then you've got Lehman. Well, you think the the similarities are quite are quite. You know, Mickey Arthur when uh, last minute um, Lehman came in before the and he was so new, came in England won the Ashes, but he probably didn't have enough time to exert his influence. So the thinking is that um Bayliss will come in but it's it's too soon for him to put an impact make an impact so soon um I know they've had their bonding session in Spain um but maybe it's the beginnings or something but you won't see the fruit until maybe the next series or this series after probably I think that that's the that's the consensus but 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you look at the England one day thing and you're thinking, well, what happened there? They got rid of Peter Moores. Um, Barbados is already part of the management system, I think, wasn't he? I think they listened to them podcasts that we did when we said they, were just, they just needed to let the players express themselves. Just, before yeah. them. We said that, didn't we, Amit? We did. We did say that. We were saying, come on, this has got loads of potential. You just need to release it. I'm telling you, if, you were, if, if there was no television, you could think, you'd, you'd think it was Sri Lanka versus India. <laughs> with, the, with the flair or the, the old Caribbean you know, Calypso cricket's being played that's what you'd be thinking and you think this is not English but um, this is this is the way it's going this, you know um, the Australians are playing down the whole Trevor Bayliss thing Bayliss knows a lot of the Indian uh, the, the, the Indian the Australian players inside out with his time at New South Wales and maybe a bit of inside knowledge there I suppose Maybe this is going to be a, just a different approach. Maybe it's just the mindset and the approach. I mean, you know, you got the players will do what they've got to do. Um, what, what do you think, Dan? What do you think the influence of the coach is going to be vast, or is it just, uh, you know, in this case? I think their influence is is key at the moment, and then their influence is key to make sure that that the team sticks to the agreed plans. And um, that's where their influence comes in. It comes in in the creation. It comes in in the knowledge that they've got. It comes in in the how they tell the players to approach it. Um, if they plan to score four runs and over, and they've got a plan for that, then you know it's their it's their job to make sure. If someone comes in, like you say, if someone comes in on the first morning and Stuart Broad's been in Cook's ear and they've been getting doing this field changing the field into a cautious approach, like we talked about earlier. Then it's then it's the coach's job to say what, what what's going on here. You can't. Be, we've got these plans. We've come up with them. We've been going through them for three months, and then suddenly after the first uh, fifteen overs on the first morning, you're changing them. This is uh, it's their job to to help to come up with the plans to give the captain the players to execute the plans, and then he's got to stick to them. And that's where their influence comes in. Hopefully, you create an environment where the players do that themselves and take the responsibility. I think so. I think, um, well, my, my thing, my, I've said it before as well, that when Peter Moores was in charge, I always thought that maybe there's still a, in the back of players' minds, oh, you know, what have you ever done? You've never put on the, the three lines and all that sort of thing. So they'd, it, they'd be saying what they're saying in the meetings before the game, um, but would they really believe in what they're saying or are they just paying him lip service? And when somebody like Bayliss comes in, Everybody listens, as far as I'm concerned, because of his track record, his success everywhere he's been. So the players will naturally... Showing your medals, as they say in football. That's exactly, shows your medals. And and the thing is, because he's got the medals, um, so the broads of the world won't be thinking, uh, you know, look at my medal, look at I'm 300 wickets plus. So, Cook, you've got to do what I say. He'll be he'll he'll have already bought into the, the thinking of whatever the squad is discussing beforehand. Because, you know... They have trust and faith in what Bayliss's plans were in the first place, so there'll be less of that going into Cook's ear thing. So the last ten minutes, I've got a quiz for you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether you've done it. It was it was on the ESP website, but I think no, it's, I it's a good one, and it's about it's about the Ashes. Oh. Uh, just I'll just do five of them, and it's interesting. It's quite close each of the questions, but I'll just ask you the first five. Who has scored the the most test runs, Steve Smith or Joe Root? 
yes, correct. That's because he annihilated <laughs> India. Because he annihilated <laughs> India, and that's why I remember it. <laughs> who has who has scored a double century in Ashes Tests? Michael Clark or Alistair Cook? Alistair Cook. Oh, he's good. He's good. He averaged, he averaged 128 <laughs> in that. You know, he's had six six Ashes series now. I think this is his sixth one. Who has the better bowling figures in an innings in Ashes Tests? Mitchell Johnson or Stuart Broad? Mitchell Johnson. That's really a trick question. Oh, correct. I can get the other two wrong and it doesn't matter. I've got a pet face. Who's taken more wickets in Ashes tests? Mitchell Johnson or James Anderson? And James Anderson, surely. Oh, far out of far. This is unbelievable. Yeah, James Anderson. Knowledge. Yeah, go on. What's the next one? Who's played more Ashes tests? Ian Bell or Michael Clark? Ian Bell. Incorrect. Oh, that's playing well. I just test. Uh, you want to do the whole ten? <laughs> you got. You've oh, done well. It? Four out of five. Oh, I was going to say Clark as well, but uh, <laughs> just out of you know, there's been too many English names. Go on, go on them quickly then. Just, just so my, just so instead of uh, four out of five, I'll get four out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Who's hit a hundred in the Ashes? Mitchell Johnson or Joe? Joe. Mitchell Johnson ain't hit hundred, has he? I'm, I'm saying Joe Root. Correct. Let's <laughs> put you off then. <laughs> so who's, who's, who's taken more ashes, Pfeiffer's Civil or Broad? Broad. Oh, God, you're good. Six out of seven. I remember Broad putting the, showing the ball to the crowd. I've never, seen, never seen that before. We'll go. Who's taken ten, wick, ten wickets in an ashes test? Johnson or Broad? Johnson. No, Broad, you may have. Who does he? Have eight. Two left. Oh. Who's won more Ashes tests? Shane Watson or Alistair Cook? The, the, the golden Australian all rounder against the golden boy of English batting. Who's won more tests out of those two? Ashes tests. Cook. Ah, oh, yes. Great. <laughs> and who's older? Bell or Watson? Who's older? Yeah. Uh, Watson. Correct. Bell's, Bell's, Bell's 33. Is he? <laughs> Correct. I'm so, 36, so we're about 80%. Yeah, well done. I got, I got 6 out of 10. <laughs> I'm devastated. That's because you had time to think about it, you see. That's what... <laughs> Indian cricket fan knows more than a passionate Ashes <laughs> aficionado. It's, that's, there's something wrong in the world. <laughs> oh, I rushed it earlier. Whichever yeah. one you want to believe. <laughs> if, if I would have got nine out of ten, but first, first um, uh, opinion, you know, whatever comes in your mind first is normally the right answer. That's the way to do it. When you've got time to think about it, you, you get it the other way. But um, what is your predictions going to be then before before I, I do mine? Or let's discuss them. Three one. Australia. Yeah, I'm inclined to go two one Australia. Two one with the yeah, it's either three one or two one with a rained off test. Um but with a bit of luck and if they get the correct if they win the toss when they need to or get stuck in or or they bowl when it's nice and cloudy, 
it could it could be it could be two all or two one to England. So there's a chance. (laughs) There's a chance that it could be an English victory. But if I was putting a pound on it, I'd I'd put it on Australia, and I'd probably get one pound ten back. (laughs) It's it's Australia will retain the Ashes, but it may uh, it will be closer than the Aussies think. Yes, the Aussies. The Aussies. Not going to be five 0 No, 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 none of that. Change my name to Steve Smith if it's if it's five 0 <laughs> It's it will never be five 0 Well, it, it shouldn't be. No, but even when um, even when England won three 0 um, I still thought that was closer. The scoreline sort of said it wrong. Um, the Australians had chances to do things. So I think it, even if it, uh, I think the the English will, will put a gallant performance, and I think. I think people will be quite pleased with England's uh, approach to Test cricket. I think it will be an aggressive, you know, things that we want to see. Uh, and uh, who, who do you reckon? I just had one quick question. Who do you reckon are the key players? If you had to pick two key players for each team, um, I would say Smith and Stark for Australia, and for England, I would say Root. And Anderson. I was going to say Root and Stokes, but yeah, Root and Anderson. Four runs to Joe Root. Well, how was the timing there? Now this will go for four. That's a really well played stroke. He's taking his chances now, Joe Root. Just what you're after when you're in the one nineties. Will he come back for two? He will. 200 for Joe Root. A wonderful sensation afforded to only the very finest players. And Root is becoming one of those. Nice shot there. It's a little late use of the hands that opens the blade to pick the deck. Great flourish. Wrapping the bat around his neck. 15 fours and a six in this innings. Oh, I know, this could be it. What a way to go to 100. Two glorious strokes. Root's excitement is evident for all to see. Root on 99. He's chasing his third century of the summer. And there it is, wonderful glance. A chanceless innings. Well, his joy is quite right. He played beautifully. That's it. I think he's got him. Fantastic. That's it. He's done it at last. He's found the perfect delivery. Oh, must be LBW. Sachin must be out LBW. James Anderson, you beauty. That's out. Oh, that's out. That's it. Out. Oh, as he hit that door, he's out. He's gone. That could be out. That will do nicely. That's got to be close. Surely that's good. Up goes the finger. Yes, Jimmy. Number seven for you. Oh, what's LBW? Sachin leaves a straight ball. A misjudgment from the master. Oh, is that out? That is out. Anderson gets Tendulkar once again. North has now gone, and that was the shorter one from Anderson. It was too good a ball, he dragged it off. 
now, has he gone? He has! First ball, Ricky Ponting has gone. Oh! It's out! It's given out! England win! In extraordinary Is that a wrap, Dan? That's a wrap, mate. That's a wrap. It's been a pleasure uh, discussing cricket with you, Dan. Uh, the boycott of my Aggers and everything gets <laughs> good. <laughs> it's only because it's you're from Wilshire, so I have to say you're a boy. <laughs> um, and my, my quiz proved that, you know, I am the, I am the Aggers. <laughs> uh, well, it all starts on Wednesday in Cardiff, everybody, and uh, uh, I'm sure we'll be back very soon. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.